My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Lauren Green McAfee. Lauren is a third-generation member of the Green family, the founders of Hobby Lobby and the Museum of the Bible. While pursuing her graduate degrees in pastoral counseling and theology, Lauren worked at the Museum of the Bible during its founding days and up until its opening in Washington, D.C. late last year. Today, she works at Hobby Lobby as corporate ambassador and is also pursuing her PhD in ethics and public policy. She lives in Oklahoma City with her husband, Michael. Lauren, welcome to Heroes for Her. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an honor. I'm so glad you're here. So you have a lot going on and I'm excited to ask you like between, you know, everything you're doing with work, the work side, the Hobby Lobby side, and then going to school and your marriage and not necessarily in that order at all. Like, how would you describe the current season God has you in? Like, what has God been up to over the last several months? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, I, I would have never expected to be in this season, which is some of the incredible things going on with being in a PhD program is not something I ever anticipated. I actually didn't know if I would even finish an undergraduate degree earlier on in life. But um just so grateful for the opportunity to do a PhD alongside my husband. We're both in the same program. And working at Hobby Lobby was a dream that I had since I was young. I always wanted to work in the family business. My grandpa founded Hobby Lobby, and so I've it's been around my entire life. And that's where my dad has worked full-time for his entire life. And so I always wanted to work there and love having the opportunity to work as corporate ambassador. So it definitely keeps me busy working full-time for the company and you know, doing the normal business hour thing. And then on nights and weekends doing school, um, as well as now releasing a book called Only One Life in uh, in this year. So all kinds of exciting things, lots of fun, but definitely a busy season I never anticipated. So many. And I think, I mean, I'm excited to talk to you for a lot of reasons, but you and I share many, many passions. But one of them that I want to highlight for today's episode is that your heart really is to encourage women to leave eternal legacies. And I love that so much. I mean, you've spent the last several months considering and studying the topic of legacy and the idea that we can all play a unique and irreplaceable role in God's story, which I love so much. Would you tell everybody listening what you feel like, why you feel like it's important to address the concept of legacy today and specifically as it relates to women and and just us as we live our lives? Absolutely. No, I love that you um, beautifully put that, that we each have a role in leaving a legacy because we do. Um, my mom and I have been working together on a Museum of the Bible project, doing events all over the country and speaking about um, impacting the the future generations and leaving a legacy. And through that, we got to speak with so many women who were really, um, it, the message of women's role in leaving a legacy really resonated. And we got to hear from women who were leaving and shaping their own legacies. And that's kind of what spy, inspired my mom and I to co-write a book on the topic of how women do impact eternal legacy. So, um, Legacy is not just something that is for an elite few or for one gender. We all have the opportunity to shape a legacy that will live on beyond us. So kind of the definition that I like to use for what 
a legacy is, is legacy is what lives on beyond us once we're gone from this earth. So we all will leave some kind of legacy. Sometimes we may have good legacy and some people have bad legacies that will be hurtful and harmful for future generations. Um, we've seen that through history. So we can each be intentional with our daily lives to say, how is the legacy, how are the way that I'm investing my life today, how is that going to affect the future generations and what those people that live on after me, how can I impact those lives for the future generations as well as for eternity? So there are two things um, in my family, we've kind of always used this language, there are two things that are eternal, um, that's God's word and human souls. And so those are mm. things that we want to be going about our days investing in, because those are things that are eternal and will live on for eternity. So what better things to invest in than those things that will last forever? I, um, gosh, so you, what's really neat, I think about this book and, and thinking about you working in partnership with your mom, um, to co-author a book that not only tells the stories of women who have changed the world, both past and present, but to really dive in and help women today who are living for the future, who are living to create their own legacies and lasting impressions on the earth. Like you've, you've really made a nice connection to, yes, these stories exist, both, you know, in the Bible. Bible, historically and the women of today but how does that how can that resonate with women who are trying to you know who are maybe working in the home or outside the home or just trying to step into the callings God's placed on their life so I was wondering in working with your mom and in co-authoring the book together what was the process like for researching and examining the lives of these remarkable women that's a great question. Some of them were people that we had studied in history or personally knew for some of the modern day women. Um, but we were blessed to work alongside a research team that also helped us discover stories of women that we had never heard of. So actually, some of the stories that I love the most are those women that I had never heard of before. They weren't the women in history books, and I had never heard of their names, but I got to learn about the incredible impact they had. Um, one of which, just for an example, is a woman named Elizabeth. Elizabeth Ann Everest. Um, so Elizabeth Ann Everest is a woman whose impact on our world is still being felt today. And most people have probably never heard her name and you have no idea who she is. So um, I'll tell you just briefly. So she was the nanny of Winston Churchill. So Winston Churchill grew up um, not having really his parents involved. They were both alive and physically there, but they were not invested in his life. They sent him to boarding school and he never really got to see them. He even mm. wrote them letters asking for his parents to come visit him and they never did. But his nanny, Elizabeth Ann Everest, she was the one that really invested in him and she went and visited him at school when his parents wouldn't. And she imparted in him a faith legacy that that is what helped give him the courage and the strength that he had to walk in his calling for the season that God had for him. So he really attributed back to her his faith legacy, and she was really the one that shaped the man that he became, and he obviously had a significant impact in our world. So um, that's the type of legacy that I was so excited to get to read and, and study and and be inspired myself and to get to share those stories of, of women like Elizabeth, who you may not have ever heard of her, but her impact is being felt today. No, I, I love that too. Cause, and I think, you know, culture would tell us that the work that we're doing sometimes like, isn't, isn't going to be that, I don't know. It's over, like, not necessarily overly public or just in everybody's way. It's not going to be something people can see, um, or measure the impact in the way we would in terms of cultural success. But, um, 
One thing I wanted to ask you about legacy, because even when I think of that word, and I know a lot of women would agree with me, like that word legacy is so often associated with men, the work that they've done, maybe to, to grow a business or to, to you know, in, in the revolution or in the ways we think about men throughout history. For some reason, that word just feels masculine to me. And I don't know what it is, like if it's connected to pride or, you know, getting certain credit or a level of recognition for the work that you're doing. But what would you say to the woman whose, whose view of legacy is, I don't know, is to maybe to separate herself from that word and to think, well, can I really have something like that, like a lasting impact on not just my children, but my community and the world and the world at large? What would you say to a woman who kind of feels like she's not in that category? Yeah, beautiful question. And that's exactly at the heart of kind of what we're hoping to show is that it's not just for men. And I, and I think that it's a common assumption that it is maybe a kind of a masculine word or that's how it's attributed. Um, and I think we can often look at people that we would say easily had a legacy and they may have statues and monuments or buildings sure. named after them or they're the one in the textbooks that we read. Um, and so it's fair that we maybe rightfully have thought of men in the past with their legacies. But um, I hope that this book will challenge that in some sense of reshaping kind of how we view legacy and realizing that women may not have been highlighted in the same way as men were in the past and in history and in scripture and today um, and how their legacy is being felt because I think today culture has a very specific view of what it means to leave a legacy and that's usually associated with power or prestige or fame or uh, wealth or things you've conquered Um, but that is not the view of legacy that I think is most helpful. I think that as believers we can look to scripture and see that God defines what is important and those are those things that I mentioned earlier that are eternal. And so if we're really wanting to leave a legacy that's actually going to last, it's investing in those eternal things. So women have been shaping legacy and impacting legacy already. And so we loved getting to highlight that, but also inspire us that we each get to be a part of shaping our own legacy. And that may often be done in from the world's perspective in quieter, less visible ways, but that doesn't mean it's less important. It's equally as important as what a man's role is in shaping legacy. And women have an incredible opportunity to be intentional with our days and our time and impact generations for many, many generations to come as well as into eternity. That's so good, Lauren. So you profile 36 women throughout the book, and these are women that you've identified as leaving some sort of a legacy that is eternal. And there are biblical women like Esther and Deborah, who we are huge fans of, obviously, at Bible Bells, (laughs) but uh, um, women throughout history, women of today like Christine Kane, Lawrence Greggs Kennedy, who have both been on this show. Um, These are women who have in the past or who are currently changing culture, shifting viewpoints. Um, and it's really interesting to be alive and, to, and engaged in the here and now and watching the kind of impact that we as women can have. What do every, what does every woman, like what do women everywhere have in common with, with these women who are currently like in, at our view, changing the world. They're doing these big things for God. They're out speaking to a lot of different audiences. What do those women have in common with all women everywhere? Yes, I love that because that was something that actually the question that was answered in my own heart as I was writing this book was kind of what is the common thread from these incredible women that we get to highlight and my own life? How can that apply to each of us? And um, one of the threads that I really felt that left a mark on my life was that these were normal women. 
They were not given extra superpowers <laughs> that we don't have. They were everyday women who um, faced some of them incredible challenges. And there were times when they would not have felt equipped and they had their own insecurities and challenges, but they were faithful with what God gave them. And they put their trust in God, a big God, that they said they wanted to be obedient to. So I imagine if you know we were able to sit down with some of these women from the scripture or from history and ask them, you know, so, you know, whenever you were facing this challenge, did you feel totally ready for that? I can promise you they would not have said, yeah, I was so ready. I was like, not fearful. It's not like really, God really <laughs> equipped me to do that. And there was yes, no anxiety exactly. or fear at all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's just not reality. It's, you know, we all have um, fears and, and have to bring those to the Lord. And so, um, that was something that getting to know these women by researching them and writing about them was such an encouragement to me um, and hopefully an encouragement to everyone is that um, we each have in us what these women had, which is for believers, we have God in us. And that's exactly what these women had. And they chose every day to just lean in Him and be faithful to Him and uh, trust in Him for His plan for their lives. Oh, it's so good. I, um, I'm i going to come back for, for to, to some of the earlier, you know, questions that we worked through because I really have, I don't know, just a desire to know more about how the process went in working for with your mom to co-author this book. So, I mean, obviously like you're in, you're in you're in the family business in a lot of different ways and it's not just you. Like the Green family is a family business and generationally like a lot of people have joined and expanded and watching God bless it and there'd be so much favor and impact in the work that that your family is doing. I'm wondering like what did it mean to you to be able to work on a project that's going to benefit and encourage and inspire women? with your mom? I mean, did it strengthen your relationship? Do you, did you guys come into challenge along the way? Like, what was that <laughs> process like? Yeah, well, that's a fun question. It, so it, it was the kind of the first big project that we have gotten to work closely on. Um, so we did, I learned a whole lot about my mom getting to work kind of in more of a peer to peer work relationship, as opposed to just the normal family dynamics of, you know, lunches together and dinners, family dinners. Um, so yeah, I really gained a lot of respect for just the work ethic that I saw in her and how committed she was and dedicated to, um, really putting so much of her heart and soul into this project. So for so that was really neat to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were definitely challenges, um, you know, when you're working with anyone on a project, um, you've got two personalities working together there are fun challenges. So I, we, we did have the opportunity to grow and learn from each other in that. Um, and I was, I, so I'm one of six children. I'm her oldest daughter. So I have four younger sisters and it would have been fun to have all of us getting to contribute, but you know, logistically it was not just not possible. So um, maybe in the future we'll do book number two and get my sisters more involved there. Um, some of them are still quite young, but it was so much fun to get to, um, to work together and try and give multiple, pers- multiple perspectives. So my mom and I have lived very different lives thus far in our lives. So she got married at 18 and started having children at 20 and she had five kids by the time she was 30. Um, I've just turned 30 and Mm -hmm. I don't have any children. Um, I write about how my husband and I have experienced infertility. Um, And so I've been working full time for my whole adult life. So we've just had these different paths and we're of different generations. I'm a millennial. She's not. So we, we, 
liked that we were kind of bringing these different perspectives into looking at how can women um, live in light of wanting to shape an eternal legacy. And that's going to look different for different each woman. And so having multiple women's perspective between me and my mom, I think helped highlight that is that the way it's looked for me is not the same way it's looked for my mom. Um, and so hopefully that comes out and is an encouragement in, in and through the book. Well, I think too, I mean, at least speaking personally, and I know we have a lot of listeners who appreciate the fact that there are different, there isn't just one perspective to have, right? And there's value and we can honor the perspective that everyone brings, even if we haven't necessarily walked those same paths or done the same things or God's had us in very different places. Um, but what comes to mind is like, even though you've had different experiences and your mom sort of went like one track and you're on a different track and there's just that, you know, the age gap and all the different things that what, that maybe create sort of a, a distance between your perspectives. There's no question that regardless of that distance, there is busyness. Like you're busy in the season of life that you're in. She's busy doing all of the things and taking care of all the responsibilities she has as not only the matriarch of the family, but I mean, she has to wear a lot of different hats too. So how do you, I mean, how did you create space to work on the book when you've got all of these other things going on? And I know you write in the book that busyness is the enemy of legacy, which I think mm-hmm. is something really important that we can note because as women, we've got to be intentionally fighting back against that enemy. And, and yeah. I mean, daily, that is a daily dying to your schedule and <laughs> just overwhelm and overwork and really being, really being mindful of, of the work and the rest that God has for you in all of these responsibilities. So how does yeah. maintaining, you know, a handle on busyness and, you know, building a protective support around you in terms of rest and health, how did that play into the work that, that you did and just at large, like all of the work your family's doing? Yeah, it was not easy logistically trying to coordinate schedules and find time to be in the same room and working on this. Um, so yeah, that did take some discipline and, and just as a whole figuring out, you know, how do we determine the busyness of our schedules in order to make time for these things. Um, and that's, like you said, that's a struggle for all of life. You know, I don't think we ever get to the point where we're like, oh, I've got this all figured out. I'm never going to feel I'll just lay down, like right? I don't have a handle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that we've both um, in this season, I'm just trying to figure that out as we worked on this particular project and, and other and all the other work we have going on was just this realization that sometimes you have to say no to good things in order to make room for saying yes to the best things. And, and sometimes that means sacrificing things that we wanted to be a part of, but we know we just can't in this season and really trying to also focus on just health of, okay, what is, what is a healthy level of uh, things that I can carry on my plate um, that still allow me to invest in the important things like with my relationship with God and keeping our marriages healthy. And then for my mom, you know, investing in her children, she still has, um, I still have two young sisters that are at home and in high school and middle school. So um, for, for us, it's, you know, keeping those top priorities, putting those in first and then saying, okay, well, what time do we have left to fill in with the other things in life? And learning to have the discipline to say no to things. And that can be hard to set boundaries. 
um, to, to be willing to say no to things that even when we feel like we want to or we feel like we should. Um, it's, I was, um, I'm so grateful for the book Boundaries that was written by Henry mm-hmm. Cloud and John Townsend and, and just this uh, realization that as Christians, we may feel like we need to say yes to everything and just be nice and be there for everyone. But that's not a realistic <laughs> picture of a healthy <laughs> life. So um, in scripture, we see times when um, people said no. We see times when Jesus himself said no to things um, to make room for prayer and, and things um, and for God's path for his life. So, um, yeah, I think looking to scripture, for example, is um, a helpful way of saying, OK, what can what do we need to be? How can we be disciplined in our lives to be intentional with the things we are saying yes to and creating those healthy boundaries um, so that we aren't burnt out and totally useless. <laughs> over, over, we've overdone ourselves. Oh, no, it's so good. I um, thanks for giving everybody permission to say no. We say that a lot here. Like it is, it is definitely okay because God, you, you're giving God space to do the work that He has to do. But if you're constantly saying yes, you're just going to be depleted. But um, that's such a practical. I don't know ad- advice or, or, or a, a tip or piece of advice that people I know can take with them. Um, and we're all about like practical use of all of this information. Like, yes, I want to build a legacy and that sounds really great. But practically, like, what does mm. it look like to make the daily choice to live with this legacy, this constant, you know, eternal impact focus over earthly success? What is living with that mindset? look like? What would you say some practical examples are yeah. of that just lived out for women in their day to day? Yeah, that's wonderful. So I, um, so I'm working full time. And so for me, that looks like trying to do the best that I can at my work, as well as wanting to be intentional with the relationships that I have in the office. And that's actually, that's a challenge for me with my personality. I uh, tend to be, I want to do things, um, get things accomplished, check it off the list oh, and um, have to, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I have to remember, you know, the the relationships and and caring for others and just showing kindness is um, an important thing to take the time to do. Um, And so we can do that in our workplace. And then um, and when then with our extra time that we have just to be willing to uh, make sacrifice to invest in others and to serve our communities, serve our church. Um, for, for my friends that have children, that looks very different when my best friend, um, is about to have her second baby. And so we're in different seasons of life when she's got two kiddos. And so for her, that looks different than it does for me. And it's been beautiful to watch her step into the season of motherhood and see that, um, she's investing in her daughter, um, as well as her son that's about to be born and training them up in, in the way of the Lord and teaching them about Jesus. But also she's pouring into other mothers. She's meeting with other moms that are new moms and are just trying to figure it out and encouraging them and investing in them. And she's um, serving our local church by getting involved in the ministry that our church has to reach out to local elementary schools and support teachers and, and invest in children there. So that can look so many different ways. Um, it's, I think, just that intentionality in our day-to-day of looking at what are, where are the where are the places that we find ourselves and how can we make intentional decisions there to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in both word and deed and love on others in the process I love that um what is so if you've got one thing about leaving a legacy or leaving the legacy that God 
has designed for you to leave. Like there are so many amazing opportunities for us to step in to these roles that God's created for us so that we can leave a lasting impression and be relevant for his kingdom. Like if you had just one takeaway for, you know, someone who's going to read this book and you want her to walk away knowing either a truth or something she can take, you know, into the next step or next season of what God has for her, what would that be? I think that one of the things that stands out to me with that question is just not to compare yourself to someone else's story, not to let your comparison with someone else steal your opportunity for what God has for you. Um, we each have our own paths and our own strengths and, and opportunities that are going to be presented to us. And in reading the stories of these women, there were times I was like, oh, I wish that I could be like that or I had done that. And um so, you would know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's not, that's, that's, hopefully that's not the lens that people will approach this book, but to look at these examples of women that are encouraging and inspiring me to be my best um, by following God's plan that He has for me. Um, so I think comparing can steal joy. So I'd encourage us, um, all of us, for myself, not to compare but to celebrate the way God has worked in others and then ask him to um, help me be faithful to honor him in my own life. Well, I love your heart so much, Lauren, and not just to engage people in the Bible, but to really help and encourage the women who are listening, the moms, and just others who are championing the next generation of girls to, to know that they are, are called and are equipped and God wants them to leave their eternal legacy. And it's just an exciting conversation to be in. Um, so I just appreciate you being here so much. We wrap up each episode of Heroes for Her with something called The Scoop, and it's three rapid fire questions. No pressure though. Are you okay. ready? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. So the first question, obviously heroes for her is the name of the podcast. We love heroes for girls. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? My mom, as well as my, both my grandmothers. Um, I was very blessed to have great, um, a great mother and, um, grandmothers. And I definitely looked up to them a whole lot and wanted to be like them when I grew up. So they were definitely huge heroes for me growing up. Okay. Second question. What is a piece of advice you've received that has impacted your life in a powerful way? Well, I just shared it and that is not to let comparison steal our joy. So yeah, that that is something that, especially in a world of social media, I think is something that I always need to remind myself because it's so easy to look at social media and see how another person's highlight reel, I want to compare that to my life. So, you know, if you see someone's feed, that is their highlights. And um, looking at my own life, I need to realize I can't compare that. And that's not what God has um, for me. So that is, yeah, that is something that I've heard someone recently encouraged me and it was really powerful. That's good. I need that one daily. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Oh man. Um, I think that I would want to be able to teleport. Like being in places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could just end up anywhere. You could be uh, in Oklahoma right now and then in five minutes be in Paris. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Would you let everybody listening know the best place to connect with you online, find more about you and just all you're doing to encourage and champion women? 
Yeah, so my website is laurenamcafee.com and they can people can keep up with me there as well as find links to my social media feeds. And then if for anyone's interested in the book, the website for the book is onlyonelifebook.com. Perfect. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. It was a joy and an honor. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at BibleBells.com. Just let